welcome to Phoenix Foundation, an episode-by-episode podcast review of CBS's action-adventure series, MacGyver. I'm Patrick O'Reilly. And I'm Richard Wells. And today we'll be tackling Season 4, Episode 10, Fraternity of Thieves. The original air date for this episode was February 13th, 1989, almost Valentine's Day, not quite. Um, it was directed by Michael Priest. This is his first of 11 episodes of MacGyver. Um, he hasn't directed anything since 2007, but he currently has uh, seven projects under directing on his IMDb page. Okay. Four of them are announced and three of them are in pre-production, um, and that includes two sequels to When the Storm God Rides. <laughs> so um, this episode was written by Grant Rosenberg. This is his first ever writing credit, and he'll come back for 613 The Wasteland, and that's mm. it for the series. Um, so why don't we discuss this episode in brief? In this episode, MacGyver works against a group of information smugglers who are stealing uh, components for a top-secret radar or satellite system. Right. And so uh, say radar or satellite because it's kind of both. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, it's essentially insight from Captain America Winter Soldier. Yeah, it's That's literally probably been used is. in a bunch of different spy-esque movies. <laughs> uh, I got kind of excited about that. Because <laughs> Winter Soldier is so good. I still haven't seen that one, amazingly. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so should we get into it? Yeah, what is the what is the first scene of this episode? Well, the first scene is a repeat of the first scene of Endangered. Right. It's almost verbatim where MacGyver is narrating and saying that there's someone who's stealing information and showing off that he's got all this extra money by going out to clubs and partying. He's and driving he's, a sports he's car. He's heading into a club that's with a supremely 80s name. I think last yeah, time it was, it was Vi- Primal Viva. Scream. It was, yeah, this was Viva. Yeah, this one's Viva. Uh, yeah, so it's it's the same opening, and he's tailing him personally, um, and he's spotted. And again, he gets a gun drawn. Yeah, exactly. It, it's so weird. But um, this time, before he goes into the club, um, two gentlemen in a car spot him, and they are kind of, well, they are the antagonists of the story. Uh, Robert Sanborn is the, the, the main villain of this, who's the, the one selling the information. Right. Codename... Papillon. Yeah. And his You've right, seen the movie Papillon, right? You know, it's been a long time since I've seen it. It's great, and though. Is, is there a butterfly? Is that a thing? I know yeah, it's yeah. the name of the prison. Mean, Papillon but is, is it's Spanish a French for prison. butterfly. Yeah. yeah. But it's um it's just fun. Like, the last time I watched it, it just sort of blows my mind to think of Steve McQueen and Dustin Hoffman being in a movie together. Because you always yeah. think of them as being from two different eras of Hollywood. Yeah. But it's just funny to see them side by side like that. Uh. So the the gentleman that MacGyver is tailing is named Dave Edwards, and so when Sanborn sees that Edwards, there's going to be a lot of names. There's right. a lot of people. In this yeah, episode. everybody has a first and last name. Uh, and I'll mix them up. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the mystery for you. Uh, so Sanborn's uh, basically his his assistant Harold, uh, who's his hitman and everything. Yeah, says that to let them know. To let Edwards know that he's being tailed by way of the third henchman, Crease. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who's already in the club. So th- they basically just kind of like work it out. They they signal Edwards that he's being tailed and then he should head out the back while right. Kreese... But they're setting him up because they want him to go out the back. Yeah. Well, they do now because they realize that he's outlived his usefulness. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. He's obviously done enough to where he's being noticed. Yeah. So it's it's he's no longer useful to their organization. Sure. So with MacGyver now, uh, once again, as you said, gets a gun drawn on. Yeah. In the club, 
And just as before, he goes to the bar to whip up a distraction. Last time, he he threw a drink at the person. Well, he was going to. Yeah, he, he was ordered light shots. A drink. He ordered shots, yeah. and he was going to light them on fire, but he didn't have any matches. Yeah. And that's when like he gets shot, and we jokingly said that this is the end of the series. Yeah. The rest is just this coma dream. This was his Donnie Wahlberg at the beginning of Sixth Sense note yeah. moment where he just kind of gets killed and they don't they don't address it later. <laughs> uh, but this time he actually makes it over the bar and he just dumps a bunch of powder. I think it was some kind of counter cleaning like Comet or yeah, something. Yeah. And then just breaks the hose on a CO2 can. None of the bartenders seem to care. Yeah. They, they see this man jump behind the bar and they're just kind of like, eh. This happens every night. And so he uses the CO2 to blow the dust into their faces. Which is pretty bad. Yeah. If it's actually like a stringent cleaner. That's, that's really like bad for the eyeballs. Yeah. But we don't see what happens to MacGyver, how he gets out of this situation. Yeah, we just move to follow the guy coming out the back door and then he's being pursued by, by Papillon. Yeah, Papillon himself, who asks for the butterfly. Right. Give me the butterfly. And at this point, we're still thinking it's got to be like code code it's not yeah. gonna be a butterfly <laughs> for sure <laughs> for sure it's a code because that'd be ridiculous uh-huh. uh but before edwards hands it over because patrick's got a gun on him edwards grabs a garbage can lid and like kind of pushes him with it but then just runs in a straight line away from him yeah like he doesn't i would have run back into the bar or at least serpentine come on yes yeah, serp- baboo serpentine <laughs> <laughs> But he runs uh, headlong into these two women that are waiting yeah. by a car outside. And as he's getting shot, kind of falls to the ground and half crashes into them. Yeah. And uh, which you said look, didn't look like it was staged. Yeah, it, it actually looked like an accident. Like he was supposed to collapse before he got to them. But he took like a few more steps. And the the surprise on the on the, the closer woman's face seems pretty legitimate when yeah. she's getting crashed into. She doesn't get paid for that. But then they both have lines. So it's not like they were just extras that he crashed right, into. Right. They actually... They, they're trying to help him when they see that he got shot, and then MacGyver runs up. Yeah, and uh, it's too late. You know, Edwards is dead, and when they ch- when he searches his purse and he finds an envelope that does have a butterfly. Yeah, it's legitimately a full, a full butterfly. But then we move immediately to the lab Yeah. where they're showing, this isn't just a butterfly, there was a microchip hidden mm-hmm. over one of the dots of the butterfly's wing. I, I like to call them microdots. Microdots? A, a la Mission Impossible. Okay. Um, I also love Pete in this scene because he's wearing this really obnoxious red sweater. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like he's sitting there like drinking his hot cocoa and pulling micro yeah. dots off of a butterfly. It's like, this is like a sensitive thing. Maybe you shouldn't be wearing the most static covered yeah. <laughs> sweater. And I just shorted the entire microchip. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, yeah. So they look at it and Pete immediately notices that it's a component of the RAINS satellite system. Which is a contract that the Phoenix Foundation coincidentally has locked. Mm-hmm. And they're supposed to be maintaining all the security on it. It's it's a high-level clearance operation. And right. no one should have this information except for RAINS, Phoenix Foundation, and maybe some of the other subcontractors. Yeah. But uh, not even MacGyver. MacGyver right. doesn't even know. In fact, when MacGyver questions Pete about the project, Pete says, I can't tell you anymore at the right. moment. I know you don't like this kind of secrecy stuff. But he also makes the point that this information is, is kind of partial and it's kind of the last step mm-hmm. that you would need to be able to infiltrate this satellite. And yeah. so the implication is that they already have everything they would need up to this right. point. And they, but they, because they have 
at this point they don't have any way of knowing. Right. So they have to operate under the assumption that they this have was everything the but this piece. Yeah, because that's the most prudent course of action. Right. So while they're getting ready to go make some calls, Pete encounters his son. Michael. Hey, it's Michael Thornton. Yeah, we haven't seen him since uh, Family Matters. Yeah, Family Matter. Matter, which, sorry. Which we keep calling Family Matters. <laughs> did um, I do that? <laughs> yes, you did. Um, season 2, Episode 12, Family Matter. And uh, here we have Hank Stratton taking over the role of Michael Thornton mm-hmm. from Scott Coffey, who the, these two actors look nothing alike. Yeah, and it's a significant age difference. Right. Now, maybe it's not a significant age difference, but it seems like it. But Hank Stratton is a like, if I had to pick a name for this guy, I would call him Hank Stratton because <laughs> he is like built. He's like all buff and like yeah, yeah. he looks like a total frat guy, which is part of why fraternity is in the title of this. Yeah, episode. oh yeah, everyone everyone's very fratty in this. Yeah. But uh, Scott Coffey was like the kid that got picked on that started like a punk band in high school, mm-hmm. and Hank Stratton is like the guy that that gave that guy a wedgie every day. But Pete is really happy that Michael's working for the Phoenix right. Foundation. Like he tells MacGyver that he didn't have a chance to talk to him much as a growing up, and that he wasn't there, which was the center point of Family Matter. Right. Was that Pete wasn't there? But then by the end of the episode, they they had almost bridged the gap between mm-hmm. them. So now now that Michael's out of college, or was he out of college before? He was out of college because oh. he was upset about Pete missing his graduation. All right. Well, now he's extra out of college because it seems like he he had a different major. Than he did before. Sure, maybe he went and got a master's in spy spying. Well, because it seemed like he was like going for like archaeological, given that he was out with his mom. Yeah, that but could now... have just been like homeschooling. Like, That's true. <laughs> you're gonna learn about these ancient pots that we found. So from here, uh, we cut to it looks like a hotel, but I guess it's also like a some kind of club, health right. club. They yeah, call it. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, a it's, like, it's almost like the place where MacGyver goes to play racquetball with the guy while they're making copies of his key. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, it's not just a gym. They also have, like, nutritional... Yeah, there's a restaurant, like, there's a giant pool. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we get a new character, Chaz, who's stepping out of a Which car. Which I can't think of a frattier name than Chaz. Yeah, yeah. Well, his name's Charles Gordon, yeah. also a very... But Chaz is totally the frat the frat conjunction of yeah. Chaz or Charles. Uh, yeah, this was very like Dan Aykroyd at the beginning of Trading Places. Looking yeah. good, Lewis. Feeling good, Todd. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so Chaz gets out of a car and Sanborn, a.k.a. Papillon, is there and they he introduces himself by way of a code. Right. In which Chaz has to respond and receive an additional response. Yeah, to. they use Paps phrases back and forth. Uh, something about traveling oh, to Europe before Europe is spring, somewhere in beautiful this time of year. Oh, but I never leave town before May. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but it's cold after May or something like yeah. that. Um, so this signals Chaz that this is Papillon by accepting this code phrase. Yeah. And Papillon is informing Chaz that Dave Edwards is dead, but tells him that he was killed by a government agency. Right. And killed because he, he got was sloppy. sloppy. So he's telling Chaz that he has to run the operation now. He has to be in control of the others who we will soon meet. Right. Um, Chaz is kind of like like hesitant about it, but uh, he offers him more money and also like says that, that he knows everything about him. Like, we know where you work. We know who you're sleeping with. Yeah. And to me, that implication, given that this is the 80s, and, he's, cause, and the way his tone of, we even know who you're sleeping with, like... 
Like yeah, implying it's that almost an was, implication that you don't want it to get out who you're he, sleeping with. Exactly. So I was thinking, are they implying that he's gay? Yeah, and, and like, that this is a time where that would not have been cool with people. Yeah, um, and I was like, that's pretty progressive. Yeah, like it's never followed up. It's progressive of the show to include a gay villain. It's yeah, not but, progressive to blackmail someone with their <laughs> gayness. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> I, I get those things mixed up. That's pretty progressive of him to hold that over his head. <laughs> I would never have thought. That's a good idea. <laughs> Add that to the list. It's kind of like. Um, from what I understand, like one of the early steps of entering the Church of Scientology involves like writing down things that you you feel terrible about in your life that people don't know, like your oh, darkest, so they darkest have secrets. Blackmail so they you? have blackmail material like oh, right from the beginning. That's awful. Yeah, that is awful. But it's very healing, people. Don't <laughs> yes. let don't let my uh, my commentary dissuade you from the one true church. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you like that? You can you, you can hear the thetons in my voice. Uh, so from here now we go back to uh, the Phoenix Foundation, where we brought in a new character again, Colonel Collins, right. who's like the poor man's Richard Crenna. Yeah. Uh, but he looks the part. He looks like very military, very clean cut, uh, and uh, he's basically angry with Pete about the lack or the the thought of that the security that the Phoenix foundation is providing right has been less than adequate yeah they're in charge of keeping this out of enemy hands and they just retrieved it from the enemy right which in essence they're doing their job yeah they got yeah, it back, they, yeah exactly. but it shouldn't have been there in the first place right um so collins doesn't want to reveal too much to macgyver and macgyver is basically ready to bounce on this he doesn't want to do anything that he feels might compromise his own principles yeah so he forces he doesn't know if this is like a weapon system or what yeah which Kind of is, yeah. really. Because basically he forces Collins into a position where he's going to leave the project and Pete says, he's the best we got. You want yeah. him on this project. Yeah. So now they head down into the sub-levels of the foundation where the RAINS is being kept. And RAINS stands for Remote Air Identification Neutralization System. Which so I'm pretty neutralize... sure they came up with the word RAINS first. Yeah. But also the neutralizing part. Yeah, it sounds implies... very nuclear to me. <laughs> <laughs> because you know neutrons, right? Yeah. No. Uh, so basically, what this plane does—it's—it's it's part of a satellite linking system that detects enemy radar, and then the machine sends a basically a reverse wave of the radar back to completely erase it from yeah. being detectable. So yeah, so that it would render it's basically better than stealth uh, material because it mutes radar, right? And for people who don't know, stealth material—it's not just the material that absorbs radar, but it's also the angles of the plane. That's why like stealth planes are always so weird looking. Yeah, because it has to have these really extreme angles, so it doesn't look like it could possibly be an object. Yeah. So this would be better than that because you could put it on any plane. Even like a 747, for example. Or like a single-engine Cessna. Mm-hmm. I don't think that would be very discreet, though. <laughs> I hear something, but I don't see it. Oh, there it oh, is. Oh, there it is. <laughs> but it's got a weird pattern on it. That's <laughs> probably preventing me from seeing it. With radar. But not my eyes. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's so slow. Oh, there's a stealth plane, too. <laughs> Shouldn't fly this low. Yeah. It really Especially defeats the purpose. in the middle of the day. Yep. 
black against a blue sky. It's yeah. not, not, not working out. Uh, so, uh, yeah, they, they currently want to use the rain system to send in a spy plane to identify a potential bioweapons warfare plant. That's, that's how they put it. They put warfare plant. Yeah. Uh, so It's like, a plant that produces warfare. Yeah. It's uh, just a lot of, like... 80s buzzwords for the the bad guys. Um, Because they want to expose it to the Security Council. Yeah. It's like, again, Security Council. They're making it too complicated. Just say it's a a top-secret government project you don't want it stolen. Yeah. You're you're creating this too much of a world for this thing to exist in. Yeah. So now we're back at the health club. Yeah. And Chaz is meeting with the Fraternity of Thieves. Which is three guys. Now, uh, it yeah. used to be four. Yeah, well, it used to be five. Oh, it used to be five. Because, uh, well, because we're going to get the fifth. Oh, right, right, right. So, Chance is meeting with Alex Percy and Simon Fletcher. I don't know which one's which. They never refer to each other directly by And name. they never are distinguishable from each other via the plot anyway. Yeah, exactly. They're just two other guys. Yeah. Um, so, originally, this was a team of five. We have three of them here, and one of them we saw shot outside mm-hmm. of Viva. So, Chance is basically telling them that... Things are still on schedule. We have the information we need. We just need to get the last piece that Phoenix now got has. Yeah. Um, but they have a secret weapon to get in there. Yeah, and that's when we get the reveal. Quote, unquote, revealed that everyone saw coming. <laughs> yeah. Michael Thornton, Pete's son, is the fifth member. He of... is not just arbitrarily in this episode. It turns yeah. out he's playing a part in the plot. Uh, so sad. Yeah. Which is, I think, the second time that he's betrayed Pete. Um, I mean, I guess he didn't really betray yeah, really him in Family Matter, him, but, but he, was, he hated him and didn't yeah. help him that whole time. And the part of his motivation for this, too, is that he just dislikes He's him. He's just, yeah, you were such a bad father that I'm going to commit treason. Yeah, that's, some, that's, that's pretty some, serious. Yeah. Um, so, I feel like they could have given him more of an argument, like, like his plan was to disable this weapons system and, mm-hmm. and make it more about, like, his dad was like blindly following what the government told him to do, whereas he wants to think for himself, and, right. and he wants—he doesn't think this belongs in anyone's hands. On a principle, yeah. Rather than just giving them money. Rather than just like, I don't care if he murders millions of people with this thing. I'm doing this because you didn't come to my basketball game. It's yeah. Like that seems like an oversimplification. Um, they do try to hint that he's got like a gambling problem, which sure, I yeah. thought was interesting. Right, even from the the very first scene where he shows up, he talks about how he. Put too much money on a game and yeah and 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 to the point where pete says you're not betting again are you like yeah like this is going to become a plot element but yeah it doesn't yeah uh so pete and mac are meeting up in the lab and macgyver is currently trying to get into teldar systems to find information on dave edwards the man who was shot right he's also cross-checking all the different companies that are involved right. in this security action. But unfortunately, Dave Edwards' file at Teldar Systems, one of the manufacturers, has been infected with a virus. Right. Which we're seeing in the form of like, just, just like asking nonsense yeah, on the just, screen. Like yeah. everything's like blurred out. Like characters are literally being deleted while they're watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like when, when, uh, Phoenix Under Siege, when they went in and like wiped out all the files on their, yeah, on yeah, their yeah. bomb. It's just just a bunch of stuff on the screen. It's it's, it's nonsense. Gobbledygook. Yeah. This one's a redhead. <laughs> <laughs> it looks kind of like the Matrix monitors. Uh, 
so Michael's in the same room though, and he's kind of like half listening in to make sure that their tracks are covered because he's probably the one who implanted the virus himself. Yeah. Um, and he's looking a little too concerned. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then, uh, so Pete and Mac discuss their next move, which is to get, uh, information from Edward about Edwards, uh, about from the university. Right. So like get his like school records, which I feel like, I don't know. I, I don't, I guess they're looking for anything. But you think he's got to have like taxes and like I would go the other way. Yeah. Go like more government and not. Yeah. More let's do, let's not just check the Phoenix Foundation in-house database. There are other databases this person could be in. But they decide to go back to his right. education. Another connection to the fraternity level of things. Right. Um. So from here we go back to the gym again, and uh, and it's like the super, most eighties gym you can imagine. Like, yeah. These single like unitards. Unitards. And I was I was commenting that there's no one in this gym who is trying to get into shape. Yeah, they're all already in shape. Just trying to maintain. Just maintain. But uh, I think this is like a one percenter. Yeah, gym, this so. is like a, a fancier place. But there should be like just one fat guy like crapping out like <laughs> that's it I'm done just gets up and walks out of the shot. It would make it more believable. <laughs> oh man, I have this weird side story. I was walking uh, around where I work and there's some, some gyms and stuff like, yeah. like, and they're, you know, like most gyms are glass enclosed and you see people like on treadmills and stuff. Sure. Yeah. I came around a corner and there was just a person in the corner crying. Oh no. And like, like they didn't want to be seen, but yeah. you're, you're in glass. Yeah. Like it's like you're in a cage. I am in a glass <laughs> case of emotion. <laughs> I just felt so bad. I was trying not to look, but they were clearly like really upset yeah and i don't know if it was like the exercise like like maybe like like a boot camp kind of like you know, you're worthless kind of thing yeah or, yeah or if something bad really just happened and like they didn't have anywhere else to go yeah um or maybe she was just laughing really hard <laughs> it's know. okay i'm just laughing no it's just really funny how my parents died oh. um, i don't know why i always think about that with gyms now <laughs> I, I always like, think of when I when I was working for Keep Me Posted, we did a lot of work for um, Breaking Bad mm. and Better Call Saul, and uh, and so when I, I used to walk to the Chipotle from there, but downstairs from our offices was a gym, and at the time Vince Gilligan used to be there all the time, and I was just walking back to my office, and I was standing there eating my giant chipotle burrito just in front of the window for the gym looking inside and Vince Gilligan's like standing on a treadmill looking directly at me <laughs> I was just like oh this is a dick move <laughs> I should not be here eating a giant burrito while people are working out and then I went inside don't follow me <laughs> alright where were we let's see so the next step of the fraternity is to take photographs of the phoenix schematics yeah because like they i guess they have hard copies they don't have any digital copies right which is crazy because it seems like they only have digital copies of of, of everything the, else of everything. the background checks of yeah. everybody everything else is on micro dot or digital computers yeah uh digital computers um, only the stuff that represents a significant security breach is kept on right. paper also and uh unfortunately it becomes michael's job to steal pete's badge which right. he never thought he would have to directly betray him like yeah. betraying the company as a whole is one thing but now he actually directly has to interface with him lie to him steal from him 
But even the way he does it is so much worse than he had to do. Yeah. Like, he 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 shows up at Pete's office and he says, hey, you remember the, the money I told you I put down on a team? Mm-hmm. Well, it was a little bit more than I said, but it paid off. So I got a, a decent bit of money out of it and I bought you this jacket. Yeah, like a really nice, I guess they, they said it was cashmere. Yeah. Uh, jacket for Pete to wear. It's his size. And Pete doesn't want it. Yeah. Like, not because he doesn't like it. It's because it's he's like, no, I'm your father. You shouldn't be getting me gifts like this. But not only that, it feels like he has a lot of paternal guilt for just not being there for his right. childhood and being like, you don't owe me anything. Like, I am the person you owe the least in the world. Right. Um, but Michael is forced to, like, uncomfortably press the issue. Yeah. Well, and he just keeps saying, like, please take it. Please take it. Yeah. Can't I do something nice for you? Like, it's starting to getting, like, really aggressive. Yeah. Um... And so Pete says, okay, okay, I'll try it on. And so he takes off So he off takes his, off his jacket. Right, that has the badge on it. Yeah. And goes over to a mirror to look at himself in the new coat. And I thought there was going to be a crazy thing going on here. Where, where he sees his son. Yeah, because it's this huge mirror and he's got it angled in such a way you think, okay, he can totally see this entire Yeah, because we can room. see his face in the reflection, so he should be able to see what's happening here. Yeah. And so Michael, now believing that his father's not looking, starts And he isn't looking. He isn't looking, yeah. What I thought was going to happen was Pete was going to see him trying to steal the card and realize, but try to convince him through... Because Pete, right now, in real... Just try and guilt him into changing his mind? Yeah. Without admitting to knowing anything about it? Yeah. And so he's saying, hey, Michael, you know, it means a lot to me that you're here. That actually would have been way more powerful than what ends up happening. Yeah, and... But that's not what's happening. Michael's yeah. just legitimately duping his father yeah. and making a copy of the badge with this kind of like homemade card scanner yeah. and putting it back. Pete never notices. And I was like, ah, missed opportunity. But then he's so sloppy with the second half of the plan. Yeah. Like he doesn't wait for people to not be in the office. He doesn't like, like he could have just come back at 4 a.m. and done this. He didn't yeah. have to do yeah. this in the middle of the day. And he just basically for all we know, walks directly from this interaction with Pete to the room where he needs to steal the micro dot mm-hmm. or, or take the pictures of the blueprints. And he just starts taking the pictures in the yeah. middle of the day. Yeah. And while he's doing that, MacGyver comes into Pete's office to say that he's found the link between the five companies and the Phoenix Foundation Yeah. by way of the State University Library yeah. that has a list of all the clubs, including the computer club. Right. And he goes through the five different people that that meet all of the requirements of the Mm -hmm. investigation. And it's the five different members of this group, one of whom has just been killed. Yes. And one of whom, the last one, is is Michael. Michael. And so he he hands over the picture of the club to Pete to look at and to see, oh, crap, there's my kid in the middle of this group of people. And Pete doesn't want to believe it, but he trusts MacGyver. That's what I like about this scene. He says, there's got to be a mistake, MacGyver. He just gave me this jacket. It's like, was he ever alone with this jacket? And Pete realizes, dang, yeah. he was. And and I, it could have gone the other way. They could have really forced, like, no, MacGyver, I don't believe you. He's my son. But Pete knows MacGyver too well. Well, to- it's even, it, re- it reminds me, too, of the, um, the Blood Brothers episode where, was it, yeah, it was Blood Brothers when he's like, yeah, your son's been on drugs. And he's like, oh, my God, this is terrible. Not yeah. like... You're lying to me. Like they yeah. trust MacGyver when he breaks this news. Yeah, he's not gonna he's not gonna mess around with something like this. Yeah. So, of course, while Michael is taking pictures of the schematics, the lights just come on and there's they just walk MacGyver. Right I'm sure there's also multiple cameras on him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, 
mean, it's a high security room. Exactly. I mean, I suppose they really wouldn't check the footage unless something was missing. Sure. But I would feel that you put your badge to the machine, it's a logging. It, yeah, it registers that a person entered yeah, the room. Yeah, has entered the room. That's the whole point of them, other than just access. So now Michael's busted. They bring in Colonel Collins, and they start questioning him about uh, who he's working for. Collins immediately thinks that he's working for the communists. Right. Um, and Michael is actually more upset that Edwards was killed. Yeah. Because he believes it was like the government or yeah, maybe or, even the or foundation. Or a rival group that's trying to get a hold yeah. of the same satellite. But. And uh, he inadvertently lets it slip that Papillon wouldn't have killed him. Because they, they, they try to convince him that it was probably your own people. But MacGyver was there. Yeah. And lets him know exactly what happened. Another line I really like, though, in this scene is when he basically says, if you give us this, like, the, the colonel, when he's talking to Michael, says, if you give us this information, we could maybe cut you a deal to yeah. avoid prison time. And immediately Pete is like, mm, no. No deals. And, and, and at first you think that he's saying, he's not going to do prison, like, he's not going to prison. We're going to figure out a way to solve mm. this whole problem. But when he says no, he means... No, my son is going to go to a prison for however long he's supposed to go to prison. He yep. doesn't get he doesn't get a special deal that's going to get him out of there. It's it's up to him to decide whether or not he wants to reveal this information because it's the right thing to do. Right. Which is pretty good yeah. as far as like a father move. <laughs> yeah, but it also removes any motivation his son had for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> revealing anything. So the new plan is that Michael is going to antagonize Papillon into a private meeting because he's going to hold the information hostage unless he gets more money. Yeah. Uh, so they're going to put a wire on him and hopefully draw out Papillon. Yeah. So Michael goes to meet with Chaz and basically... Back by the pool in the club again. Yeah. Um, and Chaz is with some girl and just tells her to leave. Yeah, it's like they're there after hours. Chaz and this girl are, seem to be the only people in the whole club. Yeah. And then MacGyver just walks up and he's like, why don't you get out Or Yeah, Michael yeah. walks up. And he's like, why don't you get out of here to the girl? <laughs> and she just gets up and leaves. Uh, who is she? I don't know. Who cares? Uh, so. She belongs to the sorority of thieves. Yeah. So, yeah. That's the thing. It's another team that's trying to get the same information. He doesn't realize it, though. <laughs> She's using him. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> this this just got the actually good. Thickens. So Michael really hams up his performance of, I want more money. And, and Chaz is like, whoa, they're not going to give you more. Uh, so Michael just makes keeps like making the deal sweeter. It's like, how about I cut you in for the extra money that I get? Now he's a little bit more interested. And then yeah. he says, how about you don't even have to deal with him. I'll go do it myself. Yeah. And Chaz so is you like, just get money. Mm-hmm. You just get money out of the deal. So Chaz seems like, yeah, this is a... Because Chaz had no idea of what they stood to make from these blueprints anyway. So... Yeah. It seems like Michael's coming at it from like, a, hey, I found out how much they're getting, and it's a lot more than they're telling us. Right. So we should be asking for more money for our part of it, because without us, they have nothing. But unfortunately, Chaz is not as trustworthy as Michael had thought. Right. Which is ironic, because <laughs> Michael's the one betraying yeah. him. Uh, so Chaz actually goes immediately to Papillon and says, this is the whole thing doesn't seem right, but he's got the money, he's got the information and Papiana says, no, oh, you're right. So we're going to have to do this meeting, but we're going to send in Crease right. as me. 
Yeah. Because he doesn't know what he looks like. Yeah. So Chad... You know, and he doesn't value Kreese's life. Yeah, exactly. Well, as we'll come to see. <laughs> um, and so he tells Chaz, hey, for, if you play along, we'll make sure you're compensated and whatnot. Right. So the plan is to meet at a mall, and Sanborn gives Kreese a device. It's like a cane, right? Uh, no, no, well, that was, that's what Murdoch had. Oh, Murdoch had a cane. Because once again, this is like a poison gas thing, and once again, Pete just gets it in the face. It's just, it's just a, a special effect that the, the production fell in love with, and they yeah. were like, we have to use this again. Why not next week? <laughs> On Pete. <laughs> hey, Dana, we're going we're gonna to spray f- gas in your face again. <laughs> is that cool? Are you cool with that again? That went okay last week, right? So it's like a, it's like a some kind of spring-loaded capsule sprayer they call it prussic acid but it's just basically cyanide. yeah and he tells, acid is he tells him the weird part here is that he tells him the actual cure yeah. for prussic acid like this Oops. is what you would take as an antidote to yeah. ingestion of prussic acid in case he here, looks it up yeah and, and here's yeah <laughs> i don't think there's much uh, risk of that but he's uh he gives him a pill and he says this is what i just said yeah and if you take this it will protect you from any harmful effects of the of, of the, the gas. Yeah. Because it's going to go all over the place. It's yeah. gas. Yeah. Uh, but Sanborn, first of all, does something really stupid. He, like, teases him, like, with the gas sprayer. Like, this is how you shoot it. And, like, pretends yeah. to shoot it in his face. So, of course... He steps <laughs> back and knocks into a display of butterflies. Yeah. Papillon has tons of butterflies yeah. in cases all Because over the place. whenever you're transferring uh, stolen government information... You should try to include a hint as to who you are. Mm-hmm. And so, um, in this case, he's he's giving away that he's a lapidopterist. Is that what yeah, it's called? Yeah, lapidopterist. Um, who is a collector of butterflies. So he's using butterflies for all these different steps. So mm-hmm. they, they might already be onto his trail as yeah, far as yeah, he knows. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, of course, like, Sanborn isn't happy that Kreese, like, just smashed all his stuff. Right. But it's important because Kreese steps on a portion of it on the way out. Yeah. We'll find out why that's important shortly. Yeah. Because it's stupid. Yep. <laughs> so now we're at the mall where the meeting's supposed to take place. Right outside the hot dog on a stick. Mm-hmm. And uh, Pete is disguised. Is it... I couldn't tell if it... Popcorn? Was yeah, it he popcorn? is. Popcorn? Yeah. Okay. Because he's wearing like an ice cream guy's hat. Yeah. And I didn't, didn't quite get it. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't win as much money on his sports bet so he had to buy the costume that was the cheapest yeah <laughs> popcorn popcorn outfits are so expensive i'll just get this ice cream one nobody will notice <laughs> can i have some ice cream you want butter on it <laughs> yeah i wanted him like a line of people to be asking him for popcorn and he's not listening he's just putting the same size scoop of popcorn on the top of a already full bag over and over he's got again. like a huge jar of chips it's yeah. like oh my god i think i'm gonna retire and do this for a yeah, living this is actually working out pretty well for me uh, government agents are stationed in uh, one of the mall units that's under construction. Yeah. They have a curtain drawn over it, but somehow the video camera can see through it. I, I don't quite get how it works. Yeah. But, because they, they have a wide range of view of the mall. Yeah. Uh, so, kind of like, before Michael goes out, MacGyver's kind of half giving him a pep talk, half, like, guilting him because he hurt Pete. Yeah. And Michael, again, is trying to defend what he did. Like, hey, you know, black. there's nothing's black and white. Uh, yeah, I did it because he was never there, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, instead of, like, I did it because 
I, I have no idea if the Phoenix Foundation is any more, you mm-hmm. know, reliable to be safe with this information than my company is. Yeah. So, Chaz makes his appearance with Kreese as Papillon, and Harold is also there as backup, who, right. again, is Sanborn's uh, right hand. Yeah. yeah. So, Michael heads out. Wire, he's got his wire. He's ready to make the trade, and Chaz indicates that the man over there with the newspaper is Papillon. Right. So, we see Kreese, and everyone's kind of, everyone's on radios. Everyone's like, this is like a, a professional operation. Right. But as Kreese is approaching Michael... MacGyver's watching in person and sees something tucked away in the newspaper, right? Yeah, there's like, there's like Pete thinks it's a gun barrel. Because right. all, all you see is like the metal tube. Yeah. And Pete just hauls across. Yeah. He's barreling through people. It's like... Mrs. Doubtfire when uh, Pierce Brosnan's choking. Yeah, yeah. Help is on the way. <laughs> uh, and uh, he just, he just grabs a hold of Crease. Michael and Chaz run off, but Harold takes Michael hostage. And while Pete gets this pipe in Pete's yeah, face, right into the face, and just sprays him. And they're both starting to feel the effects of the gas. So Crease takes the pill that's supposed to be the antidote, and immediately keels over. Yeah, because, of course, it's not an antidote. Nope. Because if he gave him an antidote right then, then he would have been arrested and told everybody who he was. Yeah, exactly. So he gave him a cyanide capsule to kill himself with. So MacGyver and Collins run out there, and uh, this is actually something that I remembered from this episode. Like, the only thing that I remember. That that this particular poison gas smells like almonds? Yeah. Yeah. That's how I realized, that's the first time I, I ever heard that cyanide smells like almonds. When I think of something smelling like almonds, I think of gangrene. Oh, yeah. Which is another thing that supposedly yeah, yeah. smells like almonds, which is why that joke in Austin, Austin Powers, Powers 2, where he's just like, the wound is beginning to smell a bit like almonds. I think it's gangrenous. I'll try to stand. If oh. It's, oh, it's definitely broken. Oh, God. They just leave him. That character was so great. Oh. I don't know your name, but you're... Fez is familiar. <laughs> so, uh, Pete's dying. Cyanide right. gas. Yeah, he's, he inhaled cyanide gas. And the colonel walks up and says, do you smell that? It's like, don't smell it. It's poisonous <laughs> it's gas. Poisonous. And then he takes the thing and just puts it right up to his face. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I'm yep. dead. Poison gas. Anyway, it was nice working with you. Uh, but he's able to identify it as the cyanide gas. Right. And the only way to cure it or to counteract it is with sodium something or sodium thiosulfate. That's what I have. Yeah. Um, Where are we going to find sodium thiosulfate around here? How about the one hour photo? That's right. Apparently it's photo fixer. Yeah. Um, So MacGyver just barges in and like says, in medical emergency, I need some, some of your photochemicals. Yeah. Uh, And just starts draining them and then mixes it with a little bit of distilled water. Right. And he rushes it To make it, back. it a little more palatable. Yeah. <laughs> he rushes it back to Pete and makes him drink it. I don't know if that would Instantly work. would have worked. Yeah. It and seems with like, that concentration. It seems like you would have need to have him inhale it. Yeah. Like, Pete, this is going to suck, but you're going to have Pete, to... Pete, I'm going to rub this on your chest. I want you to inhale the fumes. Yeah. It's like <laughs> vapor rub. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was like, like, we're going to have to waterboard you with this stuff, Pete, but trust me, it's going <laughs> to it's gonna work. <laughs> Because the gas is in his lungs. Yeah, they could waterboard him back to life. <laughs> I can't believe they didn't consider that. It's a... Uh, maybe it wasn't a thing yet. It's reverse torture. Yeah. <laughs> torture to save your life. 
and the lives of others. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you are forgiven. Uh, so Pete immediately comes around, of course. Yeah. It's the, it's the cure. Michael has been captured. Mm-hmm. All your base are belong to us. <laughs> uh, uh, so now they're back kind of to where they were before, where they don't know who Papillon is. They don't know where they've taken Michael. Um, but what they do find on Kreese's shoe... Is the name of a butterfly. Is the name of a butterfly. Just Which is like, not the first time that they found a, a significant clue to the villain just stuck to the shoe of, yeah. of a henchman. The um, the uh, jack, not the jack of jack of spies, jack of spies, jack right? of spies, yeah, yeah, where he was dealing with the two different shadow, spies, light and shadow, yeah. And they when they MacGyver somehow gets a hold of one of their shoes and it's got a shipping label. Yeah, it's got a shipping label for like the exact address of the building that they have to go to next. Yeah. But this time it's just the name of a butterfly, and then mm-hmm. they're like. But it's it's the Latin name of the butterfly with like the genus preceding it. So they're yeah. like, I don't know what this is. And then someone else is like, Oh, it looks like the name of a butterfly. Right. Like, oh, this is a particularly rare butterfly. So only a collector of butterflies, a right. lepidopterist, would, would, would have this. So they start cross-referencing everyone in the area who might subscribe to butterfly magazines. Right. That's their plan. Yeah. <laughs> butterfly magazines. And they decide that this one character is the the accurate criminal yeah yeah apparently yeah they said that when they did a cross-reference with the dxs files one subscriber in particular was like they were like well there are 12 people who subscribe to this magazine (laughs) (laughs) one of them used to work for dxs yeah oh well then that's probably (laughs) that's probably him um meanwhile uh michael and chaz have both been taken to sanborn's place where they're pretty much going to be killed once Sanborn verifies the film evidence. Yeah. Um, there's a really funny subtitle. Uh, I wrote it down. Mick exactly. <laughs> the line of dialogue is, things didn't go exactly as planned. But the subtitle reads, things didn't go Mick exactly as planned. <laughs> I mean, th- these were the Netflix um, subtitles. Yeah, sometimes they're, they're separate from... Yeah. Sometimes they're hilarious. But... Uh, I don't know if anybody's seen uh, Penguins of Madagascar, but there's a recurring joke. Have you seen it? Yeah, where they use people's they names. They keep using actors' names. Mm-hmm. But on Apple TV, if you have the subtitles on, they screw every single one of them up. Aww. And I don't know if it's on purpose or not, but they're like, like Elijah, would you tie them up? But it says, like, Elijah, tie them up. <laughs> it's like specifically avoiding saying actors' names in the subtitles the whole time. But, that's, that's um, the whole joke. I know, but I, I honestly think it was a joke to undo all of them for the subtitles. Mm. Like, take that, deaf people. <laughs> you don't get the jokes. <laughs> yeah, you're just thinking that you're actually talking about the character. Yeah. It's like, I don't understand the names of all these. Why do they keep saying the names? Uh, so luckily, Sanborn has his own one-hour photo <laughs> in his house. Yeah. So uh, that gives them ample time for Pete and MacGyver to track him down. Yeah. Because the government, Colin says that they can't do anything official without a warrant. Um, and so Pete and Mac are forced to go to Do things without a warrant. Mm-hmm. As they often do. AKA illegally. Yes. None of this would hold up in court and the guy would be released the next day. Yeah. And of course, as Pete had argued, everything I do is within the law. Yeah. But Except uh, for many things I've done on this show. Yeah. So... Sanborn is able to verify somehow that 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 the the plans are legitimate. 
I don't know how he was able to verify uh, yeah, the, their legitimacy. Glance. Yeah. Because uh, he could have been taking schematic photos of anything, really. Yeah. Plus, I don't think that that camera takes very good photos. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so now they're going to be killed. They're going to be have to dig their own graves, which is always the worst thing. Yeah. Because you were pointing out, like, well, I just won't dig it. But I always think of it in terms of, like, I guess it's like if you want to, like, have a few more minutes of life. Yeah. <laughs> to contemplate your situation. But they, they did this in The Last Stand, too, right? That they, they forced MacGyver and uh, the other actor to dig their own graves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, Jack, Jackie Earl Haley. Yeah, he made them do it. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, whenever a character has a gun trained on someone, it's like, start digging your grave. And it's like, at, at least if they say start digging and they don't specify what's going to happen, mm-hmm. then it's like, maybe I would do it. But it's like, dig a hole so that I don't have to after I shoot you. Yeah, <laughs> it's, like, it's like, I'm not doing your work mm, for you. No, it's also snowing here. Yeah, it's And it would take is... hours to dig a hole big enough to put a person in. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, it, the ground freezes. That's why there's snow on the ground. Yeah. Because it's cold. Yeah. Uh. So Sanborn's got some guys flying in, so he's got he has to go outside to flip on the light switch for his helicopter pad. Right. You think you'd have that inside? I also don't think that um, my helicopter pad should need that. <laughs> there should just be a big H on the ground for these people to yeah. land on. You don't need to flip a switch for them to come in. Um, I think it was like a a, a light An all clear. Yeah, red light, green light. Yeah. Uh, which is a fun game, but not in helicopter. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, they're 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 on their death march out to the the whole location. Pete and Mac are coming up with their plan to kind of split them up. Yeah. So Pete's gonna move around to wait for Mac's diversion to separate them and then make his move. Yeah. So MacGyver immediately heads over to the helipad and like rewires the the switchboard for the red light green light. So when he flips the switch, it's not gonna do what he wanted it to. Yeah, but he also makes sure that the red light is currently active. Right. Because as the helicopter comes in, it won't land. And Sanborn's going, oh, wait a minute, why isn't that landing? Something must be up. I'll go check it out. Yeah. Um, the bad part of this plan is you think that they would continue digging their graves, but Harold's all, I'm just going to shoot you now. <laughs> yeah. Like He's like, I'm not going to wait for you to dig. This is, this is taking too long. This also isn't my property, so I don't really care yeah. if they kill you here. He's, yeah, he says no one's going to find you out here. Pete and MacGyver just drove up on that road that's right to the side yeah. there. Someone's going to see something. Two dead bodies just lying on the ground next to some shovels. <laughs> you didn't bring the you shovels didn't. back in? <laughs> well, I thought maybe... Well, they were clean. I didn't want you to know that nobody had dug a grave, so... Yeah, it's got their prints on them. I thought you wanted me to bury the shovels with the bodies. <laughs> Dig a hole for these shovels, and then I'm going to shoot you. Hide all the evidence. Uh... How did you put the dirt back on? I just pushed it over the top. <laughs> I had them bury themselves <laughs> to their necks. Yeah. Uh, just like at the beach. Yeah. So, Sam Warren heads over to the uh, light switch, and he, of course, flips the switch that causes him to get electrocuted, which then MacGyver jumps out of a tree and wrestles him to the ground and down yeah. a hill. And he's about to punch him when he realizes... This is an old man. Yeah, who um, just got electrocuted. Yeah, I probably shouldn't punch him. We also didn't mention that uh, James Karen is playing Sanborn. Right. And most people probably would recognize him from Poltergeist. 
Sure. He's the Craig T. Nelson's boss who's like developing the land and he didn't move the bodies. He also plays Elliot's boss in Congo. Mm-hmm. And he plays the governor in Piranha. Yeah. In the Joe Dante Piranha. Um, and also uh, another great uh, Toby Hooper film, Invaders from Mars. Oh, okay, he, cool. He plays, uh, he's one of the bodies, right? Yeah. The first one, right? No, he's one of the he's a he's the general that they bring in. Oh, okay. Like the kid goes to the general and they bring in the mar- the ar- the whole like army to to, yeah. to attack the the ship landing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's the general. Oh, you know what? I was thinking of Life Force. Oh, Life Force. Okay, that's a yeah. different one. Yeah, that's another great great Toby Hooper film. Yeah. You should all see. Yeah. It's nuts. <laughs> Yeah, the special effects in that are completely underrated, and nobody yeah. nobody has seen it for some reason. Um, but Invaders from Mars, dated, but crazy costumes and visual effects, and I don't know. I watched it as a kid, and I loved it. Yeah. So that's who this actor is. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so the chopper sees that there's way too much going on and flies off. Pete makes his move on Harold, and there's, like a like, a bunch of struggles, like... Pete grabs Harold, but then Chaz tries to run, and Pete tries to stop Chaz. Which... And then Michael interrupts the fight to yeah. try and take down Harold. Yeah, and then Michael gets shot in the leg. Pete grabs another gun and takes Harold again. Like, yeah. and, and Chaz, I guess, fell over because he's just lying on the ground. Yeah, he's still there. <laughs> um, <laughs> he just ran and tripped. But either way, at the end, all the good guys are dead, and the bad guys mm-hmm. get away scot-free. Um, and, yeah, the bad guys, the guys kind of win. Yeah. Like, they... They still have most of the equipment. Right. Uh, unless Sanborn was delivering all of it at once. Yeah. And not, hasn't delivered anything else. Which but, would be really But for stupid. realsies, the good guys are not dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the bad guys in the helicopter decide that this is an, an unwarranted mm-hmm. risk and they turn around without the last piece of their plan, which right. they'll probably get in a week. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a really weird – I just have a note here about – there's a really hard cut – when it does the free fr- freeze frame for the commercial, and it plays the kind of like, dun, 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 like it cuts off the oh, music. Weird. It just it just cuts to black and then that goes could be to a, act a five. Netflix only thing too. But yeah, yeah, that's interesting. It was like I, I noticed it right away because like the melody didn't get to finish. Yeah, it's you're like, like, oh, I gotta go find it online now. <laughs> <laughs> I can't I can't not hear it. Um, the act five roundup, very solemn. Yeah, Pete, Pete's just Solomon unnecessary. Pete's just staring out into the medium distance, like by himself in his office, and MacGyver comes in, and Pete's just kind of like talking about responsibility and being a father and being alone, and yeah. Uh, Michael comes in in a suit, but also on crutches. And now we completely undo the conversation that happened earlier because yeah. Michael says that he might get a deal for having. Helped, helped and it's going to reduce the sentence and it's like didn't pete say earlier that that wasn't going to be an option yeah but also he's still going to have to serve some time yeah uh but i'm sure i would think that he could get time served like he could get like house arrest or something like that like or they'll just put him in like a, a minimum security yeah yeah like a martha stewart prison mm-hmm. uh but Pete is is or willing. he'll go to a legit prison and he'll come out worse than he is. Yeah, he'll come out in. even worse. He'll just be even worse on like the next time we see him, he's played by a different actor and he has a teardrop tattoo. Yeah, and he's working with Murdoch. <laughs> <laughs> the next time we see him, he is Murdoch. Um, hello, but, Dad. But Pete kind of gives up on him. I feel a little bit yeah. only in the sense that 
He says, I said I wanted to be your friend, and that still stands. Yeah, like, we can still be friends. We just can't be father and son Yeah, anymore. we can't be father and son. <laughs> that part's over. You, you blew it. I blew it at first. You blew it again. Now we're even. Now it's... I'm a crappy dad. You're a crappy son. Let's just be friends. <laughs> that, maybe, you know what? Maybe that is better. Yeah. Maybe that isn't so bad. Yeah. I, I, I actually prefer that <laughs> to Pete having a horrible son. Yeah. <laughs> I like to think the best of Pete. Uh, this episode was good it's got a lot of like cool little espionage stuff some jerks like like jerky fratty guys yeah random scenes at gyms like it's just got every everything no macgyverisms other than him knowing that the cure for cyanide is sodium thiosulfate and to get it from the photoshop yeah uh but i don't know i like the espionage plot i like that uh, that they're all you know the group working together. Uh, I like the butterfly guy, even though it's like it's silly. Yeah. I just like when a villain goes all out in theme, like the monarch. Yeah. From Venture Brothers. Not like when they when they half-ass a theme, like Blofeld being interested in meteorites for one scene and then never yeah. coming back to it and having it be completely irrelevant to the plot. I like meteors. You know, Goldfinger likes gold. That's why he paints people gold when he kills them. And his car is gold. And it factors into almost everything he does. Mm-hmm. And his plan involves gold in a significant <laughs> way. That's why it's called Goldfinger. It's also oh, his real name. Well, I like this meteorite I found. And it's irrelevant to the plot. Now meteorites cannot be used in a James Bond movie ever. Yeah, ever. Because you already ruined them. Thanks, Spectre. Yeah. Ugh. I... Greatly dislike that movie. Yeah. Well, it's his die another day. It <laughs> so, really is. Yeah, because it's his last, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Daniel Craig's great. I'll, ne- I'll never deny that. And I, he was I a will. good choice for Bond. But, no. I think he really only had one good James Bond movie. Which was Casino Quantum Royale. <laughs> right. Quantum <laughs> Solace. Everyone's favorite. But I feel like Skyfall was a bit of a disappointment. And it was trying too hard to be like, hey... This is just a montage of every James Bond movie you've seen instead yeah. of its own thing. And Quantum of Solace was like, here's the emotional sequel to, to yeah. Casino Royale. It's here's like, the shortest James Bond movie ever made, yeah. by the way. You know why, you know why uh, Ian Fleming didn't write Quantum of Solace? <laughs> because nobody cares what happens to Vesper after Casino Royale. Yeah. Like, just go on to the next story. That's why it's supposed to get followed with, like, what is the next one? It's the first Roger Moore one, right? Oh, Live and Let Die? Yeah. Uh, I, th- I think that's the I, second I don't book. know the order. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the second book. So. I know the movie order. I just don't know the book order. Yeah. But either way. book orders? Book orders? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's grade school. You ever did book orders? I don't like, remember Like, they that. would give you, like, these really, like, horribly recycled pieces of paper that have, like, you can get Matilda for, you know, fourteen ninety nine, Oh, yeah, yeah, And yeah. Then, like, you say, oh, mom, buy me these books. They would do, and then they would do, like, the book fair. Mm-hmm. at the yeah. end of the year where you could like go and get all the Animorph books. Yes! That's probably where I bought all the Goosebumps books. I used to order computer games too through Microzine. Oh yeah? I don't know if you remember Microzine I games. I don't. Anyway, we're getting off topic, but... Anyway, so, Inspector... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but I thought this was a good episode. I liked yeah. it. I mean, it's not the best episode ever, but... Yeah, but I think that's about it for this one. Mm-hmm. Um, if you guys have any thoughts you want to share with us, you can find us on Twitter at Opening Gambit or Facebook.com slash Phoenix Foundation Podcast or our website, PhoenixFoundationPodcast.com. 
Uh, tune in next week. We're going to be covering Season 4, Episode 11, The Battle of Tommy Giordano. Mm-hmm. That's a mouthful. Yeah. Tommy Giordano, uh, the son of a Phoenix Foundation employee, is kidnapped at an organized crime member who was, by an organized crime member who was marked for murder. Yeah. That's not what happens. That doesn't but later on. That's not, that's not what happens. I've watched it. <laughs> that's All not right. what happens. Perfect. Well, we'll find out uh, when we watch it. Uh, for probably the hundredth time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Bye. Thank you for listening. Bye.